welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Once again, I hope that you're having a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and are really diving in to build your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I cannot stress enough how important that is at this moment in time. With the way the world is going, we need to draw as close to Christ as we possibly can, allow him to change us from our own sinful natures, and allow the fullness of the work of the cross to be found in us. It's so important that we do that. And the only way to do that is through prayer and through scripture and understanding who Christ is. Amen. So we wrapped up our series on kind of the callings, the giftings, the office, and we're going to talk about a completely different subject tonight. Um, But before we kind of get to that, just a couple of few reminders here. All of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. Again, if you want a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I am more than happy to get one into your hands. Uh, The other thing is, again, don't take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Focus in on the scripture for yourself so that you can really understand what God has for you and so that you can develop that that earnest walk with him. Amen. But if you do need some guidance or you do need some help and you want me to help, just feel free to drop me an email at path to redemption, Ohio at gmail.com. I am more than happy to help. I can go through scripture with you. We can correspond and I can really kind of help you grow into the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ. Amen. So tonight's lesson, we're going to kind of talk about who we are in Christ. Now, if you've been following this whole season, the, the season we the, when we started out, we talked about how we are our own worst enemy, you know, and how our flesh um, is is really the biggest enemy, even more so than Satan. And we kind of talked about what that means, and we kind of talked through the root of iniquity that's inside of us. We talked about what the resolution for that iniquity was and what the resolution for our flesh was, and that was to be crucified with Christ buried in his baptism and then resurrected. And and we talked about what the the four points of the cross were and how to be resurrected into love, uh, faith, truth, and grace. And then we talked about the cup of the Lord and walking through that crucifixion and walking through what, what God has for us and the death of our own flesh and the process of what it is for us to walk through that. um, As we talked through the, the cup of the Lord. And then we talked about what that, that crucifixion breathes out in us, which is ultimately the fulfillment of our calling, the work of our ministry and all of those things. And again, and I'm going to tell you this right now, you know, just because you don't necessarily want to to sacrifice a piece of yourself to God or, you know, lay yourself back on the altar, you know, that doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not going to go and spend eternity in heaven, but it does mean, like I've told you before, that you may be held back in your ministry um, and in the work that God has for you. And it's important that we yield ourselves over to God put ourselves on that altar. Again, Romans 12, 1, you know, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of the Almighty God, to offer yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. So offering ourselves back over to God and recognizing that, you know, our life is not our own. We've been been called for a purpose and we have a reason to to work and, and a work to do ultimately for him. And, and all of that comes again through your relationship and understanding what it is that God has for you in your own life. But I want to talk a little bit 
tonight about who we are in Christ. And I feel like this gets lost sometimes. And what I mean by that is I, I mean that it's it's kind of twisted and it's kind of uh, turned around oftentimes because a lot of people go to God for a handout and for, you know, hey, I can do this or, you know, God, will you do this for me because I need it? And then they don't ever ever really build that foundational relationship with him. You know, it reminds me of the Toby Mac song, you know, till the day I die where he says, you know, you only look to heaven when you're going through some drama. He's like, I guess I don't understand that life. You know, wonder why? Cause I'm all in. And I think that's the way we got to kind of be right. You kind of got to be all in. You got to be dedicated to the Lord and to who he is and really make him an integral part of your entire life. And that's really the point here. And that's, that's why we've been called to be sons and daughters in Christ. And that's what we're going to kind of focus on tonight is the, I'm going to call it the sonship because I'm a male, but the sonship, the, the daughtership and what it means to truly be a son or a daughter of God and how we get, how we came to be that way, the different rights that we have as sons and daughters of God, um, and ultimately what the difference is and why I will never, ever, ever let anyone ever call me a servant of God again, because I am a son of God. I, and we're going to kind of go go through that and, and go into detail here on that. So if you have your Bibles, the main scripture for today is going to come from Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, and Galatians 4, 1 through 7. So starting at verse, or chapter 3 and verse 26, it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been put have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now there's a huge deep revelation there about being an heir according to the promise of Abraham that we're not going to get into tonight. Um, maybe we will next week, but it is a it's a it's a pretty massive revelation there that Paul got. But going on into Galatians chapter 4, it says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. The book of Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 6 puts it this way. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to praise of the glory of 
of his grace. So here we see in these two verses that that we are established as sons and daughters of God. But we're established as sons and daughters in God through the work of Jesus Christ, through the death and resurrection of who he is. So the moment Christ was resurrected, we were no longer slaves to the law, but rather we were established as sons and daughters of God. Now there are certain rights that go along with being a son or a daughter of God. Now let's kind of talk about this here, and we're going to look back into a different story in Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11, and it's the parable of the prodigal son. And it says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach by the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to and bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise, go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive, and was lost and is found. So here you see the, the parable of the prodigal son. I really want to kind of focus here on the fact that the prodigal son said, I will go and rise up, and I will be a servant in my father's house. See, a servant in the house doesn't have the right to the house. Okay, and I hope you understand that here because a servant can only go where their designated area is. So if the servant's job is to be the cook, then they can go to the kitchen, they can go to the pantry, they can go out to the field, they can do those things, but they have no rights to the upstairs bedroom. They have no rights to, you know, the living room or to any of those other areas. They're right. The place that they can go is in is in those areas that we kind of talked about. Now, a maid may have that's a servant may have access to all of those areas. 
but they don't have it for their own use, right? Why? Because they are a servant and not a son and are not a daughter. And it's very, very important that we understand that because a son and a daughter have access and rights to use the things of the family or the things of the father. And I'll give you a perfect example. And and I, I say this to my dad all the time. So when I go, go back to my parents' home um, where they live, and it's not the house we grew up, I grew up in, but, you know, it's it's their house. My mom always tells me, you know, you're home. Right. And so what I do is I will go and I will inevitably find my dad's snacks that he tries to hide from me and I will find them and I will start to eat some of them. And he'll say, Daniel, those are my snacks. And I said, Dad, you know, I'm your son. I was like, I have every right to this because I'm your son. Or I'll go and I'll raid the fridge, as any son does. And if your parents, especially to to teenagers or, or older kids, like you, you know what it's like to have your kids come home and raid your fridge. I am that child. I go, I go back to my parents' house and I raid their fridge. So what ends up happening is I tell dad and I said, dad, I'm your heir. I'm your son. You know, I have rights as the son, everything that's the father's is the son's. And I was like, and I always tell him, I say, dad, I didn't write the book talking about the Bible in terms of the rights. But I say that jokingly, but in all honesty, it's very true because God chose to give Christ who is his son preeminence. And we through Christ Jesus have that same rights that Christ does to the things of the father. Now, The other thing here I would say is that a servant does things out of obedience. Okay, but that's not that way for for a son. Because if you remember back in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is praying, he's saying, Lord, if it's possible to allow this cup to, to, to pass for me, then please let it pass for me. But nevertheless, your will be done. And I truly believe that there were two things that took Jesus Christ to that cross. I think it was the love of the Father first. The love that he had for his Father meant that he was going to go to that cross and do the will of his Father, not because he was a servant, but because he was a son. Because a servant is obedient, but a son is obedient out of love. And that's the difference. And that's what Paul's kind of talking about here back in Galatians um, chapter 4. He says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem deem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. So the law was made unto commandment. We've talked a lot about that, but you have to understand the law wanted obedience because of the commandment, but grace and being a son or a daughter in Christ of the father means that we are obedient because of our love and because of the, the love that the father has bestowed upon us in Christ Jesus. Because as it says in first John, we love him because he first loved us, right? And sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. So understanding that then, then we see that being a son or daughter causes obedience because of love and not because of the commandment necessarily. Amen? Very, very big distinction. But the rights that come with that, we can then be joint heirs with Christ. So as God the Father has chosen Christ to have preeminence and for all things, the fullness of the Godhead to dwell in Christ and in the 
work that Christ did, we have the fullness through Christ and through his resurrection. Amen. That we can be sons and daughters of God. Here's the way that Roman there that Paul put it in the book of Romans in chapter eight, starting at verse 12, it says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So being a joint heir in Christ means that we have the full access through Jesus Christ to the fullness of God. To the and when I say the fullness of God, I'm talking about you know the fact that God's our provider, the fact that God's our healer, the fact that God takes up our cause, all of those things that, that we see throughout the Old Testament where they talk about the the different aspects of God, we have access as joint heirs to all of that through Christ Jesus as a son or a daughter in Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is absolutely amazing. But again, just because you have access doesn't mean that you can that that you go to God for a handout, right? Because why? Once we reach maturity, Right then, it's time for us to that relationship changes. So I think about it this way, right? When I was a child, right, as Paul says, I spake like a child, right? I did childish things. So what does that mean? Oh yeah, you know, I would go and I would kick the ball and I would broke the back screen door, right? After Dad had told me not to, and yes, Dad got really mad, and it's and it's okay, right? I I did it, you know. But at the end of the day, I made a mess of that situation. But Dad still loved me. But Dad couldn't trust me with certain aspects and things of the house, right? So fast forward, I'm a little older. Now all of a sudden I can mow the grass. Dad then entrusts me to mow the grass. Now do I mow the grass begrudgingly? No, I mow the grass out of love for my father, theoretically. Back then, I'll be the first one to tell you I mowed the grass begrudgingly. But regardless of all of that, the reason I'm saying that is because as we grow, the the relationship changes and the maturity changes to where now, like, yes, my dad is still my dad. My father's still my father here on earth, right? But when he asked me to do something, I do it out of love versus out of commandment, right? Because I am a son. I am a mature son at this point, right? Like my dad cannot tell me what to do in my home, in my own home, the one that that my wife and I have with our son. But on the flip side, though, I listen to him because I am a son, right? Now listen to the things that are of him, right? It's the same thing, kind of very similar with God and with, with, with Christ. When we begin our first walk with Christ, are we sons or are we daughters with Jesus Christ? Absolutely we are. But there's a maturation process that has to happen. And we have talked about that maturation process since episode one, season one of this podcast. There is a maturation process that happens. In the beginning, God can't trust you. And yes, in the beginning, it feels more like a servant because just as Paul said, when we were children, we are no better than slaves because we are being 
taught about by stewards and by all these other things, right? Very similar situation here. And when you begin to grow up with Christ, but once you begin to come into maturity, then Christ can begin to tell you and Christ can begin to trust you. And and you begin to do things for a different reason. No longer is it because of the commandment that you do it, but you do it out of love for your father. That's the whole reason I keep doing this podcast is because the father, I truly believe, led me by his spirit to do this podcast. And honestly, like do it. One, I love it. I love doing this. I love being able to teach. But on the flip side, I love my father and I know it's what he wants for me. Now, there are also times where where our love for our father will restrain us from things. There was a time I just told you a couple of weeks ago where, where I was asked to take a pastorship out uh, at a church. And I'll be honest, I didn't really want it. But if God had told me to do it, I would have done it. Why? Because I love my father. But ultimately, he told me not to, even though there was pressure mounting and even though there were things going on. And I said, no, I said, I will not take it. And ultimately, I was restrained by the love of my father because I wanted to do what his will was. Again, not under the commandment, but out of love for him. So we have to understand that our sonship, our daughtership has maturity And it must mature through the things that God places us through, through the small victories that we have as we grow up into the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ. We have too many Christians right now that, yes, they have established their sonship, they have established their daughtership, but yet they're still babes. Or even after 20 years, they're still children in the Lord spiritually and need to be grown up. Because the relationship changes as you get older, as you get more mature. I'll tell you this right now. My relationship with my parents is the closest it has ever been in my entire life right now as an adult. Why? Because they trust me. I trust them. It's just a different relationship. The same thing is true with Christ. When you mature in Christ and you become an adult in Christ, then why and spiritually an adult, I'm not talking about naturally because I've met plenty of older Christians. Christians that are still babes in Christ, even after 30 years, but I'm talking about true mature Christians, mature spiritually, mature mature in Christ, then what happens is that they've got a deeper walk, a deeper trust, a deeper understanding of who Christ is because of the maturation process. Now, you are established as a son or a daughter in the very beginning. But the the relationship changes, just as it says, as Paul said in Galatians chapter four. But I don't want you ever to forget that you are a son or a daughter of God if you are a believer. And then you are not a servant. Okay, you are not a servant, especially because God is the, your father. Right, and he is, and he wants so many things for you. But we must operate out of love, out of love for our Father, not out of the commandment. That is the true sign of maturity in Christ Jesus. It's no longer because the Father says so, but it's because of who the Father is. Because he's your Father, you want to do what he wants because you love him, not because of the commandment. Amen. And I cannot stress that enough. So who are we in Christ? We are sons and daughters in Christ. How do we act? How do we operate? We operate out of love and maturity in in Christ Jesus for the Father. Amen. When we do those things, we see maturity and we can begin to see truly God begin to work more in our lives than we have ever seen him before. 
Amen. The song of the week this week is my son Isaac's favorite song. Doesn't matter how fussy he gets, if he's crying, the moment we put this song on and it is like instant calm and he starts getting joy and and dancing and everything. And uh, the song is Help Is On The Way by Toby Mac. Um, It's a great song. If you really want to look at it, it's it's on the Beat Of My Heart um, EP that he just released here in 2021. Um, But Help Is On The Way. Uh, by Toby Mac. Uh, I would also challenge you to look, check out the music video on YouTube for this one too. It's really awesome. I mean, it, it's really about how God, how it leaves the 99 to go find the one of us. And, and there's a lot of allegory around it too, but it's, it's very, very good music video. When we play it on YouTube for Isaac, he, he absolutely loves it and, and becomes mesmerized by it. But, um, but help is on the way by Toby Mac. Um, that is this week's song of the week. Look, I, I hope you're getting something out of these messages, out of these, out of these teachings. And the whole point here is to see everyone grow into the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ. Uh, it, that's really the whole purpose here. I, I'm here to help. That's, and I just want to share some of the experiences and some of the teachings that God has given me throughout the years and, and throughout my walk. You know, if you are enjoying these, the only thing I ask is that if you can get leave a review and, and, you know, just kind of leave some comments and wherever you're listening to this. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. No big deal. Either way, just make sure that you're following the leading of the spirit in your own life and what God has for you. Amen. So until next week, again, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.